This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3351 for Monday the 7th of June 2021. Today's show is entitled HPR Community News for May 2021 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 66 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is the HPR matrons are doing the rounds. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hi everybody, welcome to another edition of Hacker Public Radio. This time it's Community News for May 2021. Joining me this evening is... Hello, it's Dave Morris. How are you, Dave? I'm good, I'm good. It's uh, it's 15.15, so it's not quite evening yet, but, but uh, you know, who's, who's counting? 16.15 here, Dave, is it closer? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll let you know. Actually, there's one thing I noticed when I moved to the Netherlands, you know, in Ireland, time is a flexible thing, you know, half an hour either way, you'd be grand. Uh, here at uh, the the cashiers in the, in the supermarket will s- switch from good afternoon to good evening at 1800 exactly on the button. <laughs> oh, yes. I quite like that, actually, actually uh, I suppose. Uh, there you go. Right, anyway, HPR Community News is not about uh, local traditions in European countries. It is about Hacker Public Radio, which in actual fact is a community on the interwebs. And if you, where the shows are submitted by random listeners, very similar to, in fact, identical to people like your good self listening to the show. So that is why we always take time to welcome the new hosts. And the new hosts this month are Dave... Uh, deafening silence, deafening silence. Nobody this month, I'm afraid. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there feeling very guilty right now. You know who you are. We expect better of you. Okay, that's enough about that, Dave. (laughs) My best matron's voice. (laughs) Um, Right, where were we? What we do? Yes, oh, bit of a reminder. Yes, HPR Community News is the idea is the janitors who are the people who uh, keep... HPR running uh, administratively from day to day, not necessarily those who uh, we're just some of the community members. We go through what has been happening in the HPR community for the last month. Most importantly, going through every show, so you are uh, at least every show gets some feedback. So we'll start with that. And the first show last month was HPR Community News. Yes, to which there was and- no feedback. There were no feedback. What do we cover, Dave? What last last month? Uh, yeah, I, we. I would have thought there was loads yeah, to discuss. Y- yeah, you would really. You would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we did a we did an add on episode as well a bit later on. Then. Yeah, that's true. But uh, yeah, but the more contentious stuff, maybe I don't know. We'll wait and see. If we got uh, any uh, comments on that one? Okay. Uh, looking into. CEPH storage solution, which was by Daniel Pearsons, and he also had a, a YouTube series on this. Uh, data objects, object store daemons, that sort of thing. Basically, from what I could get, it was a bit like an S3, uh, Amazon S3, but that you run yourself. Yeah. Seemed yeah. very detailed. Lots of information in there if anyone was interested. That was the only bit that really uh, I understood. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it sounds sounds interesting worth having a look at if you're into that type of thing. Yeah, particularly if there's um, you want to run your own cloud and your own data centers, for example. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then Enigma came with Pandas Part 2, and this was a continuing discussion about favorite 
Python module pandas, which is in the little bit of Python series. And this is the um, tool for extracting data from spreadsheets and CVSs and mm -hmm. uh, yep. comma-separated CSVs, files. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's powerful stuff. It sounds sounds like a lot of lot of good stuff here and quite a nice way of getting into this type of data. There are other ways, obviously, but uh, yeah. uh, writing org scripts or set scripts or something is maybe not the best thing. So, yeah. And, of course, yeah. if you say uh, CSV three times in a row, who turns up? Uh -huh. Just <laughs> well, saying. Our good yeah, friend, yeah. Be Easy, our was good friend, yes, Be Easy, yes. yeah. who said in his first comment, um, he said, another great show. Thanks for another great show. I look forward to your next one. SEO use of pd.apply in lieu of np.select. Here's my two cents. Apply is more readable in most cases, but select is more performant. Where, when performance matters or when the data set is very large, you might want to use np.select. For instance, when using np.select in your example here, the output was 10 times faster on my PC. Wow. It gives, gives an example. Unfortunately, he tried to use Markdown, and uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, the, the days we're going to likelihood of us putting Markdown in the comments seems probably a little bit slow, but um, a bit low, I should say. But um, anyway, yeah, interesting examples, which I won't read out. And he says, finally, in many cases, the readability can trump the need for speed, but just wanted to give a counterpoint. And then he followed that up with uh, one more speed gain. If you really want to fly, you can turn on Pandas series to numpty arrays. For uh, your example, I got twice as fast as the regular NP select, so 10 times faster. Wow. That was NumPy, by the way. Yeah. Numpty in Scotland means you're an idiot. Yes, that's why I said it that way, dude. <laughs> Which which appeals to me. I'm sure it doesn't. Nobody else will get that. Yeah, <laughs> it's not the first time people have leveled that one up me, <laughs> and I'm sure it won't be the last. So the following day, Linux in-laws, if you're listening, the one and only Linux kernel contributor panel. Now this was this was a uh, quite an interesting uh, gathering of of people. Yeah, yeah. They did well some, to uh, put this together, truth be told. Indeed, it is some heavyweights here and uh, got some really interesting things to say. Yeah, yeah, it was, it, as you say, it was congratulations on uh, having got together such a, such a team. Very good. He didn't actually list the panel members, which is a bit... No, he didn't. He didn't. You're quite right. And I was just looking through the... I think he mentioned them in the in the show because yeah. I, my notes say some impressive people, so it's just presumably they were, they were listed. But uh, yeah, yeah, it would have been nice to have had their had some sort of bio or something like that in the notes, wouldn't it? Yeah, let's add a comment to that show asking for. Uh, yeah, we need to update that. Mm -hmm. Didn't necessarily buy the argument about the um, about the, uh, uh, the, the, the benevolent dictator for life, and that gives you carte blanche to be. Yeah, D yeah, didn't didn't necessarily buy that argument, but uh, that was countered by um, uh, during the show as well. So that was that was quite good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not a great believer in. Uh be benevolent dictators of, of any sort because, you know, things can change. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, the the part is about the welcoming community. The benevolent dictator is another thing. The jury's still out on that one, but... Uh... Yeah. Okay. Lair Mask Project. This is the GIMP, and this is a hookah who chugs away at basically an entire series of stuff. And I must say, I am learning so much from this. And again, some of these shows, you're going, well, God, that's that's kind of obvious, isn't it? And then by the end of the show, you're going, okay, I I really would never, obvious though it may have been, I, I would never have known this and 
he's just presenting it in a fashion that uh, you don't need to learn it yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, it's, it's great. It'll uh, definitely be the, the time when I want to pull Gimp out and start doing some of this sort of stuff. This will be a great place to go and uh, find or follow the links, actually. So the links are brilliant. Yep. And true to his word, Taj put together a podcasting how-to uh, on getting the microphone, what microphone to pick. And this is going to be linked to in the series on uh, on how to get the best audio. Yep, yep. Now, th- this is really good. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, it's a step-by-step. I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and although I've fiddled around with microphones and, and done stuff and knew they were dynamic and condenser and stuff, I didn't know it, this level of, of uh, information. And, um, you know, th- there's, there's a lot to be learned there. Um, I have a condenser mic, and that explains why when somebody the other side of the house is scratching themselves, you can hear it. <laughs> Not that many yeah, yeah, there yeah. is nobody nobody scratchy here at the moment, but uh, when I when I had a cat, the cat was always making a racket. So, shall I read um, Trey's comment? Please do. Yeah. yeah. Trey says, "Great episode. Thanks for the advice. Looking forward to the next episodes in this series." Yep. Excellent. Very much agree. My current devices, a list, short list of tablets and phones that I'm using these days. And sadly, it is a JWP. Sadly, no open source handheld devices these days, but Android may count though. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. it's also, it's, it was nice to get a rundown on uh, his devices because it kind of confirms uh, my own suspicions that I, w- that I want to get some tablets for the uh, for the house when we move back in, and uh, yeah, there's you know what what solution do you pick if you want an open source one? The yeah. only yeah. only thing I see now is the Pine Book. That's pretty much it. Yep, yep. I know, I know. It's uh, my daughter just bought a new um, M1 uh, iPad because yep. she says there's nothing. Well, she's she's a an artist in a spare time. So what else could I use? You know, possibly one of the Microsoft ones, but I don't know anything about them. But, uh, you know, she has very little choice in what she what she could use and what software and so on. Yeah. So breaking the cardinal guideline, JWP did two shows in a row. He and JWP and Tlatu see me after class. <laughs> <laughs> Although technically, when Tattoo does it, he's doing it, posting different series. But okay, we'll see. Oh, we'll be talking about that later. So mm-hmm. it's, it's amazing actually; he can go years without something happening on HPR, like triggering of uh, of um, the guidelines, and then in the one month, uh, we had like what, four or five different things oh, yeah. where people didn't read the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we'll talk. We'll talk. Don't want to pick anybody out. Individually, JWP. Uh, <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be picking a JWP because I know that man has guns. So, uh, <laughs> but I can always buy him a good beer and then that, that hopefully will make him feel better. Anyway, this is a great rundown on the state of Pine 64, bordering on a paid advertisement, JWP. Following mm. on from his, oh, suddenly I now do have an open source tablet. See what's happening here, Dave? Yeah, See what's happening? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this was this is most interesting though. I knew so oh. little about these things. It was good to good to hear his uh, his summaries. I must say, I have not had great luck with Pine sixty four as a project as yet, uh, and I think that's just bad luck on my part. <laughs> so. But I really do support what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tempted, but uh, I just bought myself a, a fair phone because my old yep. phone is, is giving up. Uh, a one plus one is is very, very, very old now. Um, but uh, so yeah, I, I'm not I'm not running after a um, pine phone quite quite yet. But but it's enormously tempting. I uh, I got one and. Uh... 
Yeah, it's uh, I changed some setting on it, and now the keyboard uh, it, the screen instantly locks, and uh, I can't once you type anything to unlock it. The screen uh, it goes back into sleep mode, and the screen is locked again. So. Uh, yeah, I'm sure I can fix it, but it was just uh, after the saga I went through to get it, I just lost all will to live with regard to it. And sometimes <laughs> you, you just see that would be leave, frustrating. Yeah. Leave it there. However, what I did see was their uh, keyboard thing, uh, which I will get uh, the keyboard battery. And basically, you've got a mobile phone device that you can have a full keyboard, like you know, back in the day. And then I'll put some sort of basic operating system on it that, uh, um, so it's not going away. It's just, I don't have the energy for it right now. Mm -hmm, Understood. The InfoSec podcast, general information security, privacy and security. This is where Trey is going through, uh, podcast recommendations for the information security arena. And he's breaking, broken, broken it down. Uh, into several different sections, and I'm enjoying this quite a lot because it's nice and bite-sized. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a good job of of uh, um, giving a, a, a a comprehensive list with with uh, obviously good URLs and stuff, and nice punchy um, summaries of uh, of what it is he's talking about. So yeah, it's an amazing uh, resource for uh, for this type of thing if you want to get into it. And I've had uh, requests for this sort of stuff. People uh, have asked me for podcast recommendations in the past, specifically related to security. So this is this is a great breakdown. Mm-hmm. Long may they continue. And excellent show notes, obviously. Yes, they are. They're, they're, they're nice too. I, I just turn them into HTML. He sends them in as, uh, I can't remember, as plain text, I think. But uh, yeah, they're, they're really nice to work with. Yeah, and the uh, following day we had a podcast recommendation submitted by myself after I heard uh, her car on um, the 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 the, the uh, Clatoo uh, thing, Gnu World Order. Oh, Gnu World Order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, that's definitely something for HPR. And he kindly CC zeroed his uh, podcast so that he could do that. So there you go. That's good. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. It's uh, it, it's an interesting sound. I've not listened to the the podcast yet, but it certainly sounds like it uh, is well worth a, a listen. Yeah, it's uh, I've uh, I've had a few listens while I was waiting for people, and uh, yeah, not really. You know, it's not that I'm particularly into anarchy or whatever, but it's no harm to. Uh, it's something that has always been uh, for me. Uh, where people have said, "Oh, anarchist," you know, okay, you know, punk, uh, punk rock, that sort of thing. It's it's uh, something you don't talk about and don't discuss and don't think about. But it's um, you know, if Clatu is saying this is the way to go, then it's worth a opening your mind to at least the arguments, and you can then at least with comfort dismiss them if you wish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there was um, some talk show I listened to his podcast in the past few months where I forget what the topic was, but they were saying uh, one of the people we're going to talk to is an anarchist. This is an academic in a UK university. And there was all this sort of sniggering and tittering of, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. You, you know, the, the there's been a hell of an awful piece of publicity done against the concept of anarchism with, with huge ignorance as to what it actually means. And she did an amazing job of explaining what what, uh, what the anarchist view on this subject was. Like I say, I can't remember what it was, but uh, but yeah, I was just impressed at, uh, at the clear sightedness that was that was shown there. So yeah, something from my yeah, point of view, well uh, worth looking into. You have to quote the Prince's Bride on this. I do not think this word means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, very true. Yes, that's very much the case. But it, it's it's one of these things where. You could say the the powers that be have decided this is not for for the, the hoi polloi. So you know, yeah. get, get poison it in the in their minds, and they won't uh, they won't want to have anything to do with it. You know. So the following day, we had the first in the New Year shows from Hunky, and uh, this was another one that I had to space out every two weeks. <laughs> a pain in the ass, but. Uh, 
that amount of pain in the ass was nothing compared to what editing a 26 hour show was. So thank you very much, Hunky. Uh, we may need to come up with a way for to do mass uploads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that something that we need to do? Anyway. It's it's worth it's worth a thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now people, we'll explain later what we're on about. People and, uh, have a big block of stuff. Then yeah, yeah. Doing mm-hmm. one and then putting them in, and uh, it's can be a pain. Yeah, it's really designed around the single shot thing, isn't it? And yeah. If you have a lot that you want to submit, then it's a whole different ball game. So this was the first show, and it was about uh, obviously COVID, Brexit. Everybody should be using ISO eight six zero one. Obviously, that was me filling that out. <laughs> what a surprise! And uh, yeah, stuff. Good. It was uh, an interesting thing. I, I I had joined in on on this bit of the the, uh, the 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 whole recording. Probably got a little bit too tired later on, but uh, yeah, it was it was good to to listen back to it, and it was good to to be involved. Actually, I enjoyed that. Yeah, I, I have been known to be hostile in the past to uh, the HPR show due to limitations of my own making. Um, namely, I felt it should come out straight away when in actual fact, no, it shouldn't. But um, I'm really glad Honky is doing it. And that's, uh, and uh, it's really nice to listen back to it. Uh, you know, sometimes when a three-hour show drops into your feed, you're going, OMG, do I really want to listen to this? And considering I've been on some of it, but the amount of stuff that you missed, uh, yeah, very much so. good, very much good so. discussions. I, I I've gone through the same process, and then you know it ends. And I think, oh, oh, that's a shame. Oh, when's the next one? You know, yeah, <laughs> I was just oh, enjoying that three-hour show. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hunky writes, thanking. I would like to thank Dave Morris for fixing the show notes. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> You're welcome, Hunky. That's fine. He, uh, he he surprised me by going through all of the shows and thanking all the people involved, which will quite nice. as time goes on. Which yeah yeah that was a that was a very nice touch. I thought. So um, I like that the boat is stuck, which is a dr- dramatic reading by Daniel Pearson. We had a we had a little bit of problem, <laughs> a little bit of issues with this one as well. So that was uh, that was funny. Uh, we got this one. Um, Released under a Creative Commons non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported license. But I want to tell you that this article and hearing him reading it was just cheered my day up and made all the work uh, associated with this, which wasn't too much. Just I emailed the person uh, for the permission. Oh, made it all worth it. So that was I really, I really did like this uh, this show. Yes, yes. I'd I'd read the actual item because it was it was mentioned all over the place on Mastodon and various places. Uh, but uh, uh, I really enjoyed the the reading of it. That that was that was nicely done. Yes, and, uh, and the fact that it that was that it was brought to HBR's attention, I thought was was really cool as well. You know, it's a and it, it's a very it, it's an example of taking a thing. Where everybody is getting really worked up about it, or at least maybe we're supposed to be getting worked up about it, but but uh, um, and taking a very different view of it, and 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 I thought that it was completely brilliant. Yeah, I think if there's one show this month that uh, you want to put a smile on your face, go listen to this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, very much so. We had one comment from M Pardo. Uh, who said it's the most enjoyable article I've ever read, with the possible exception of those that might have been more enjoyable. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> that's that's a bit of a qualification. An excellent dramatic reading as well. Cheers. <laughs> oh, fantastic, fantastic. Following day. Uh, this is one of the most boring ones that you're going to get on the network this month. However, I would strongly advise anybody who does has the word troubleshooting or third line support in their title to be making copious notes of this one. And that is Tlatu's episode on OpenSSL 
S underscore client, which works like Telnet and allows you to do the Telnet-y type stuff that we used to do to troubleshoot um, email connections and that sort of thing. And there's a web server up that you can connect to it. does that on SSL ports. So if you ever wanted to connect to a mailbox to see if it was working, you would tell that to the uh, ports, uh, you know, the POP3 port or something, um, SMTP port, and then, you know, say hello and log in and do your commands. But yep. that's not possible over TLS. Mm-hmm. And what this allows you to do is do that thing. It does the SSL connection as well. So very good stuff. Yeah, I I knew nothing of this. I, I have stopped doing this type of thing uh, for the past eleven years now. So yeah. uh, so you know, not too surprising. But I, you know, had I been faced with needing to do this sort of stuff, then uh, this this would have. And it's relatively new, is it? Is it? Uh, it's not been around for for long. I I, I didn't quite not catch sure. whether it was a, a recent addition to OpenSSL. Certainly wasn't around in the days when I first started using OpenSSL. But but still, you know, it's it's very very cool. And uh, yeah, everybody should know about it, and it's a it's a great way to um, to to do this sort of stuff. So yeah, brilliant, excellent, good, good, very important piece of information. I'll put this one up with the day I learned that control or goes back in command history and bash. That's how important this one is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. No, it, it's it's great. I um, I've yet to find a need for it at home but you know i'll maybe rethink that um i did at one point have a that there is a a port if you look through the is it what's it Cetra services or something mm-hmm. this lists all the ports and i remember noticing there was one marked as password or something so you could put a password service behind there which when you you poked it with telnet would come back and give you a, a password um, which is not, it's not very secure. But, uh, <laughs> okay. I remember setting that up for people who just could not manage to make passwords. <laughs> just, just get one off there. But, um, but yeah, it was Telnet, so it wasn't. It was. It's not really much of a solution now. I can't think of it. <laughs> right. Next day, we had Linux in-laws, polit- politicians, and artificial intelligence, part two. This is actually a nice uh, series with some good links in this month. Yes, yes. They're certainly going into quite a lot of depth with uh, with this, which is which, which is good, which is necessary, I think, because it's a it's a multi layered topic, isn't it? So yeah, begin to understand a little bit more about what TensorFlow is and stuff. So the next day we had. Uh, Kevin Ahuka uh, with uh, privacy and security episode about uh, as someone who has reasons to be on Facebook, I've gotten used to seeing people warn that their account was hacked and we should not accept a friend's friend requests from them. It is so common that you would wonder if Facebook had no security at all, but the truth is something different and worth knowing about. Yeah, wasn't it? I thought this was really good actually. I did not. I mean, obviously, Facebook is. I, I don't touch Facebook. I did have an account. I deleted it within with this year, in fact, um, but uh, never used it anyway. But yeah, it, it it is it is obviously a place that's going to be attacked a lot. And this cloning of account business yeah. is a, is a very unpleasant uh, attack. And yeah, yeah. So good. I, I didn't know the good advice. The that it can happen. So yeah, good advice, as you say. We got um, my wife uh, uh, got a SMS or a WhatsApp message from somebody going, uh, and the text was, "Hey, Dad, I got a new phone. Can you add me to your contacts?" <laughs> <laughs> Gee. Oh, yeah. I thought that was actually pretty feckin' clever. You know, you're fifty-fifty chance. Uh, you're you're going to hit somebody who's uh, not very tech savvy and go, oh, okay. And there we go. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So easy. And then the the follow-up from that is that they ring saying that they're uh, somewhere and that they need uh, you to send money. Just That's the second part of that hack, by the way. Yep, yep, yep. 
Oh, loads of them like that. Anyway, uh, challenge for Yurun from JWP. Uh, he wants to get Getty a serial terminal for a mainframe. So, there you go. Yeah. First time I uh, I saw somebody uh, doing a, a challenge via a show, but I approve so far. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um, I didn't make a note of what the mainframe was, but uh, presumably an IBM, is it? No, it's a HP, uh, HP 700. That's, that's, the, ter- that's, that's, oh, that's the, terminal. the terminal. Yeah. I don't know what the mainframe... Does mainframe now mean IBM? One, slightly I odd. don't know. That would be odd, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would. It wasn't that way in my day. But, uh, yeah, my um, colleague, one of my ex-colleagues, and I have done a little bit of fiddling around with getting um, the uh, open BMS running on Pies. Well, he's done mm-hmm. the work. I've, I've just sort of... Been, I used to manage the, the VMS system at the university I worked at. So he uh, he was just explaining what, what was involved. You can get um get a license from HP that owns it now. Yeah, it is, and uh, you can get you can get a hobbyist license and run um, VMS on a on a Pi. But <laughs> you can also build a cluster, build a build a, a Pi cluster with VMS. Which is, but I, 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 yeah, not quite sure why you'd want to, except to well, say, look, I look, look forward what I to did. hearing the show, Dave. <laughs> well, I'll get my pal Kevin to, who will, who will say, no, nah, <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'll put a bottle or something in front of him and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, I've often said to him, you should come and talk to us about the stuff Primary. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not sure what. We'll, yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's a, it's a ongoing. Um, uh, attempt ongoing project. Okay, next day was the second New Year's Eve show, and you could tell I wasn't on because there was no talk about uh, ISO 8601 dates, <laughs> but there was talk about heated roads and driveways, distilling spirits, geek talk, and single board computers. Cool. So and Honky says, Thanking, I would like to thank Kevin Wisher for running the stream for the New Year's show. <laughs> cool. Cool. The fourth programming language, Brian in Ohio, next day. And a little bit of history, what it's about, and uh, more videos on said. And a link to Tlatu's, uh episode on Lisp. Mm, yeah, yeah. No, this is this is brilliant. I really I, I had this on my list because I haven't done much with fourth, but I did have fourth on my old BBC Micro as a as a ROM, and I ran a version for to drive a synthesizer that was connected to my Beeb Micro 16 channel synthesizer thingy, which I'll talk about one okay. day. Um, but yeah, but I've never, this has been on my to do list for the past 10 years at least. So glad somebody else has done it. <laughs> and this is re- really nicely done, very well done. I enjoyed hearing the stuff here that I didn't know about at all. So it's my turn to read a if you comment, mind. I think. If you wouldn't mind, yes, KG yes. says, my experience with fourth at SAO, wherever that is, not sure. So anyway, um, interesting show. I was a grad student in Arizona working with the Gamma Ray Group at SAO's Whipple Observatory, just south of I don't find out what that is. Something Arizona Observatory, I would imagine. You continue reading and I'll look it up. My first task was to develop a tracking system for the 10-meter atmospheric Cherenkov telescope. We used Forth running on a Z80 daughterboard hosted by an Apple II. The same hardware was used to control a 24-inch telescope. That system was developed by a fellow who'd worked for SAO's satellite tracking program. In fact, several other staff members at Whipple had travelled the planet installing, operating and maintaining the Baker Nun cameras used to photograph satellites and determine their orbital elements. The amusing thing is that a couple of years after I graduated, they replaced the Apple II with the PC and tried to reverse engineer the fourth code. 
Given that the tracking code wasn't all that complicated, this was sheer insanity. My experience with Forth is that even your own code became rapidly inscrutable, probably a refraction of my coding acumen at the time rather than Forth itself. <laughs> yes. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, it is, there are some similarities in my mind to Lisp in that you can, because the components are really simple, yet you can build some amazingly complicated things layer upon layer using it. Um, it's not a thing I'm, I have any expertise in really. I've never been that level of a programmer, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, I'm sure it's easy to, write stuff that is very, very, very hard to understand once you've done it. I'm trying to find out what SAO is, and all I can find is something in Arizona, and that it is um, something to do with the telescope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a, not a, a name I know myself. So, yes, folks, remember what you think is obvious might not be obvious to everybody else. So, pretty so, good, pretty good. Well, an uh, if anyone knows what SAO is, uh, tell us. It's a great comment, though. It's uh, good to hear somebody yes, very, who's, uh, sorry. who's been that close to it. Fantastic. <laughs> There's bound to be a show or two in there, Dave, I, I would have thought myself. Well, yeah. Fourth is a very, very strange language in my limited experience. But, uh, but yeah, it really makes you think very, very differently. Yeah, but this guy's working at a, at a gamma ray group in the Whipple Observatory, right? Right there, that's a, a show, Dave. <laughs> yeah, oh, quite. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, take, take one step back here. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my name is KG. Here's my introduction to technology. I just throw a random comment about working on Z80s and Apple IIs and a great big telescope in the sky. Okay, mm -hmm. might be of interest to hackers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, very good. God, it must be the, the heat. We're not, we're not up to our usual standards here, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's fairly warm here, actually, for, for Edinburgh. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway, Trey comes with the third, uh, which is about career and personal development within InfoSec and podcasts that would assist you with that. So... Highly recommended you tune in and listen to those shows. Yeah, good stuff. Excellent stuff. And then we had um, the second in Taj's episodes about uh, improving audio, and this time was about equalization, which was kind of interesting actually to hear the actual examples because you know people describe it, but it's it's nice to hear it. And to that end. Archer says seventy two said another great episode. Thanks for continuing this series. The samples of types of equalization were enlightening. Also, there are now no crickets from you random outcast. Yes. So yeah, I find this another very useful insight. I know how equalization works in a general sense. I've twiddled the, the things, but, but I don't have Taj's uh, deeper knowledge. So it was, it was great that he, he uh, shared it at, at that level. I, I found it most useful. So, yes, the following day we had New Year's episode part three. The HPR community stops by for a chat, uh, adjusting next cloud time and date. Why can't I? Guess who was back? <laughs> 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 and carries on Doctor Who at the end and you do the comment please well, there was a lot went on in that one wasn't there I'd forgotten how much there was so Honky says thanking again I would like to thank Ken Fallon for his job recording this podcast it was because of his fine recording of the stream that this podcast happened news <laughs> thank you very much Honky the reason this podcast happened was because you edited it and posted. That's why it happened. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one actually. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. And John Colt came on that one, didn't he? he was talking about his uh, his uh, recumbent bike. Yes, which was which yes. was good. Yeah, there were lots of uh, old uh, voices. Mm. Yeah, 
excellent very, stuff. Very good. Um, next day, Paul Quirk did an ethical analysis of renewable energy and conservation. And have I must you, say, um, have you fallen off the end of the month? I have. I have. You've, you've done that in, thing. <laughs> and tune in next month to find out what happens there. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. I meant to do that, Dave. I meant to do oh, that. Of course you did. Of course you did. It was a teaser for, for next month. Teaser. As well, yeah, well done. <laughs> so there were five comments to previous shows uh, on the uh, network. And Dave, the Ludbug, love bug. Sent in a comment to HBR two four nine nine back in twenty eighteen, uh, which was a Mister X show in the in the ham radio series tuning around in the HF forty meter band. Having just joined the ranks of amateur radio users, I it made sense for me to look at HPR episodes relating to amateur radio. I loved this episode. Very interesting listening to conversations on the 40 meter bands, real hardcore users on 7 megahertz. I did notice that the German station 2F, uh, sorry, Delta Foxtrot 2 Bravo Oscar wasn't using the NATO phonetic alphabet. Is this a common occurrence? Mm. And Mr. X says, um, Hi Dave, sorry for taking a bit of time to reply. I noticed the comment flag up in my RSS reader, and then probably forgot all about it as things have been crazy busy here. I only remembered thanks to a gentle prod by Dave Morris. Glad you enjoyed the show. By coincidence, I turned my HF set on just last week, something I haven't done for a good long while. I must admit to being a bit rusty with the latest rules and regulations, but I seem to remember that certainly here in the UK you were encouraged to use the NATO phonetic alphabet. I've certainly heard various stations using different phonetics. Perhaps they think it's easier to hear under noisy conditions, or perhaps they just like the sound of it. Personally, I just stick with the NATO phonetic alphabet. Dave mentioned you recently became an amateur, so many congratulations. I'm sure you'll have lots of fun with the hobby, as there are so many directions it can take you. All the best, Mr. X. Very good. And Nextcloud application updates by Tojet, uh, and he had a uh, script to automatically update Nextcloud, which is probably obvious. And he, the comment was by, I have no idea how you would pronounce that. <laughs> no, I'm not too sure either. Why, why, ch- chouch? I don't know. I don't know. Yachuchi. Okay. Safe question mark. What if an updated app isn't compatible with the current Nextcloud version? That would be... So basically what happens if the automated process fails? So maybe Tojet can do another episode describing that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, would be, that would be good. So next we had a comment on Clacker's show 3317 reading a manifesto towards a cooperative technology movement and Aaron C says raises an excellent point I'm just commenting to say that this manifesto and subsequent show make an excellent point the free software community as it stands has good and is as discussed well guarded principles with no compromise while this is admirable, it's also what's killing the movement. Like language, all movements must eventually morph or evolve over time or they die off. It's completely acceptable to maintain a core set of tenets, of course, but having a figurehead who uses the internet in bizarre and arcane ways makes free software more like a paranoid nest of conspiracy theorists than it does to make tech- technological process- progress by freeing the user from the constraints of mega corporations. Free software is inevitably political, but the mocking and jeering of people who still use proprietary software scared off companies and created the open source movement, which, if anything, made it easier for mega corporations to profit off the collectivized free labor of programmers who cared enough to donate their time. To me, the free software stalwarts were the progenitors of their own worst enemy, which is open source. They allowed it to happen themselves and fostered the likes of Google and Facebook. The FSF concentrates too much on acting like a single state communist party with its attention focused on creating a cult of personality around Stallman. 
I agree the roots of the movement today should reflect more social needs, creating software for the good of the people, even if that makes software socialist. Well-reasoned argument. Good one. And if you disagree, record a show. InfoSec Security Podcast News and Current Events by Trey. Kevin O'Brien says that he really liked the show. Further details are... It is great to hear about the podcasts you follow. I recognize many of them as shows I used to follow, though frankly, since retiring, I have been putting my energy into other matters. I'm turning 70 in a few months and have other priorities now. (laughs) Yep. One of which is supplying HBR with a steady feed of shows. Absolutely. Yes, yes. That's a priority we approve of. Yes. Yes. then there are seven comments for this show. Then anything on the news mail list? There's nothing. There's nothing on no. the mailing list. No. Is there? Just the one. Just me saying about this uh, this episode. I think. Yeah. And uh, should we go on to the an- any other business? Because I have a rant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have a rant. But any other business? Uh, a lot. Uh, this month we've had a lot of uh, shows come in in clusters. So back in the day, the queue was kind of a thing that was assigned to people. And then there were rules about uh, if you do this, then that. New hosts will do this, then that. And then we just left it up to the community. And that has turned out to be the best way to manage the queue. Because there is no discussion about who submit who submitted the show when and somebody else's show got released before mine and all that sort of stuff because you pick the day that you pick. However, we have this continuous problem with HBR of uh, of the sawtooth effect. We get no shows, then we get a lot of shows. Then we get a lot of shows, then it gradually drains off and we have a call for shows. Then we get a lot of shows and then it gradually fills off and we get a lot of shows. Uh, then we have no shows again. So that's the... That's nothing new. That is pretty much a common problem in, think of it like at a, at a hydroelectric power station where you've got a dam and you're controlling, you have no control over the amount of water that goes in. The only thing you can do is they control the amount of water that comes out. So you as a host, when you're submitting your HPR shows, we have guidelines up there that will help us spread out the shows so that there are slots in there available for new hosts that come along or returning hosts or somebody who's got a show. Because if you go to the uh, to the calendar now, you see that there's the first available show is nearly in a month's time. And you're thinking to yourself, oh, a month's time. Well, HPR must have loads of shows. But we still have over 250 available slots in this year or 150 available slots in this year. So we do not have loads of shows. So what we ask, what we've done is written on the very top of the page when you upload some guidelines. First of all, that you need to have an audio recording ready before you pick a slot. And the reason for that is that's just what we've agreed. It's all fair that if you, you just can't randomly go and pick a slot and then go, oh, I will record it five minutes before the day. So you have to have your recording done. If that's not the case, or if for any reason that doesn't apply, for example, the community news show, then that needs to be approved by the mailing list. And that goes for everybody, including me. So always try and fill any free slots that are coming up in the next two weeks. So if you go to the uh, to the main page and you see a free slot in the next two weeks, then you, f- you pick those two. You pick that slot first. You pick the first slot that you can because we need to make, we have a lead time to populate the feed. So that's, that's important to do that. But then if the queue is filling up, as in the first two weeks are full, then consider leaving some free slots for new contributors. So if there's a free slot, the first two weeks are full, and then there's a free free slot in the third week, then uh, leave it there. That's fine. Because more than likely, somebody will look at the queue and go, hey, there's a free slot, and I'll pop my show in there. If you see um, that there are five free slots in the third week, then you could put it on the Friday. 
or put it on the Thursday or something like that and start filling it from Friday, Thursday, Wednesday, uh, leaving that free, free slot there. Am I making sense so far, Dave? Indeed so, yes. So uh, if you have a non-urgent show, and you know the queue is in a pretty healthy state, so that you know the first two weeks are full and the third week is beginning to fill up. Then go down and find a week that doesn't have any shows in it at all. So right now, um, Operator and Ahuka are running some series, uh, and what they do is they're following the well, actually Ahuka is. Um, if you're uploading a series of shows, consider scheduling one every two weeks. Now, what I want to do there is clarify that to mean if any host is submitting more than one show, then there should be two weeks between their shows. So Ahuka will pick the Fridays and then 10 days later we'll pick a Friday and 10 days later we'll pick a Friday. So that's how that works. And Operator posted uh, wedgie shows one after the other, which in fairness was the way we did it back in the day. And uh, I asked and got his permission to move those out. But frankly, that was a pain in the ass. Just operate, <laughs> nothing to do with operator. It's just if people are submitting a load of shows, then we should have a better way of doing that, um, that we can space them out automatically. So I've been thinking about that as well. Possibly having something in, change something in the workflow that, Based on your email address, you will get a notification in the email link saying um, you've selected this day, but you've already got this show scheduled on this day. Do you want to pick this day instead? Um, and there are cases where people might not want to do that. There, These are guidelines. For example, you have a show scheduled. Say Ahuka has a show scheduled here, and then something comes up uh, that's very important, uh, you know, that's time critical. And it must be released on the on the next on the date of the next available slot. Then that's a reasonable thing to do is to override that guideline and and just post the show. But most people who are uploading shows are not aware of these guidelines and just post them one after the other. And what that has the effect of creating a logjam in the queue queuing system, so that there's no space for shows coming in, and then. People will look, oh, there's three months, so I'm not going to wait an, uh, another week after that. I'm going to post my show in the first available slot, which will be, which is just pushing the logjam more and more and more. Did I don't know if I've explained the issue correctly. <laughs> it's a hard one to explain, actually, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's obvious when you're dealing with it, but maybe not so much when you're trying to, um, give the, the the advice as to how to avoid the, the problem you know it, it's 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 a difficult one it's a difficult one but yeah i can't think of a better way of putting it than than this than is written here though i have to say yeah yeah so the way i like the queue to be is that two weeks are full and then the third week is filling up that and then you know it should be tapering off after that three weeks you know uh so two weeks full the third week would still have one free slot in it the fourth week might have two free slots in it the fifth week uh three and then the remaining weeks um would have uh one show posted you know that kind of thing that's because we we keep uh i don't know how many weeks uh one two three four five six seven eight 9, 10, 11, 12 weeks on the main page that you can pick. And then if you pick a date for the, any time in the next year, it gets listed in the also schedule sh section. Mm -hmm. So and why is that important? Just partic this particularly tends to happen when um, we do a call for shows and people submit shows. So say we have five people who are interested in submitting shows. And then they go to the queue and they see that the the queue is now full. Then of those, we might lose three because they go, oh, well, I really don't need to submit a show. And then worse, the next time they hear a call for shows, they're going, ah, well, you know, by the time I put a show together, it'll be full again. So, um, yeah, steady and trying to keep the queue under control. 
Yes. I've certainly heard or seen people mention in um, Mastodon stuff, things like, well, yeah, I, I was thinking of submitting a show and I was going to choose such and such a slot, but that means it won't come out until, you know, two months down the road or something, you know, and uh, if you got yourself to the point where you, you know, you, you psyched yourself up to the point where you can actually produce something where you've been quite reluctant before, then that's a, that's not, not a fun thing. Um, yeah. But on the other hand, having an empty queue because somebody forgets, oh, and then you, you come back to it. We could have this discussion next month and the queue could be uh, entirely empty. We might not get uh, a show right up until the next month. When is uh... So we're about half full the, between now and next month. But we've had months, Dave, where we didn't get anything coming in. You know, the queue is completely full and then the shows, uh, people stop submitting shows. But really all of this should be summarised, me waffling on again, down to uh, the point where um, it is the person submitting the shows who also needs to take responsibility for keeping the queue from being uh, completely messed up. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other factor is that a block of shows from the same host can, you know, is there may there may be variety in that that block, but but um, often it, it wouldn't be quite quite as varied as the normal state yeah. of state of play on HBR, and the the variety is one of the things that attracts people quite a lot. So, you know, trying to ensure that that as much variety as possible is is maintained is a is 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 a desirable thing. So that's a, that's another reason why you shouldn't do that. So I'm thinking of proposing a change to the mail list saying if you're uploading a series of shows, considering scheduling one every two weeks, I think that should be clarified to because a series of shows, somebody might assume that to be, for example, taking a hookah who, who schedules the shows once every two weeks, all of them. You might have a series on, I have three shows on this topic and then I've got three shows on another topic. So I'll post on the Monday from topic A and on Tuesday from topic B. So rather than uh, rather than meaning that, what it should read is if you're uploading multiple shows, considering scheduling one every two weeks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Or even stronger, it would be better to schedule one every two weeks. Yep, that seems reasonable. Okay, I'll uh, add, send out a mail to the mail list about that and see what people think. Okie doke. So in other, any other business, um, I just wanted to say that having written a script which can go backwards through the list of shows and upload them to archive.org, I've been trying to do, I've been actually doing about five a day um, when I I get, get a chance. So the sum total since last the last uh, community news, I've uploaded ninety six in the range of um, show one to eight hundred and seventy. So um, we, we we have everything from seven hundred to eight hundred and seventy now uploaded. So um, yeah, if I can keep that keep that going, then uh, we should be able to clear the backlog before too long. That is great news. That's great news. And um, the other thing is the tags and summaries. Uh, I've done a few myself this month. I try and do do uh, a few at least. <laughs> it's not always possible because life gets busy. But I've done seven, so we've got three hundred and seventy-seven, which still need a summary or tags or both. You're chugging away through them, Dave. Gradually, gradually, slow and surely. I just added a comment to the Linux and Laws episode to remind to ask them to uh, submit the names. Show notes, yes. Uh, reminder, stuff you need to know. HBR will stop as a podcast if there are not enough shows. We do not syndicate shows that are not produced by HBR. You are agreeing to license your show CC by SA. This is important, people. You need to have the copyright for everything in your show. You have permission to redistribute the show in its entirety. Your show will not be monitored. Um... 
your show will be signaled as containing explicit content. You determine where the schedule your show will be released. Use UTF-8 intend, or at least try to. Show be held by an international, heard by an international audience. We also need emergency shows, and we will you will no longer be allowed to edit HBR pages on Wikipedia. That's the stuff you need to know. All of it is important. Any of it that you don't do means more work for us, Dave. Essentially, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Sure and we don't like work, Dave. <laughs> no, we don't. We we have our lives rather than be totally dedicated to HBR. Yeah, no. All messing aside, people. The, the these guidelines lost me about twelve hours of uh, work this month. That's that's how much. And, and admittedly, normally it doesn't. We don't get the color of that, but it just so happened that this month that cost me uh, twelve hours over the total month, an hour here and an hour and a half there, emailing fifteen minutes here, getting replies during the day. So it is not a trivial amount. You need to, um, you're uploading stuff and you're putting us the entire project on the line. So, yeah, please spend the time to. Uh, you know, just think before you upload. Make sure that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Very, uh, very school teachery this month, Dave. <laughs> almost got into me. <laughs> right, mm. detention. Good, good. It's, uh, well, well, yes, we don't want to be putting people in detention, you know. So, so. not at all. Go write a show. Write your homework for next week. Pick a topic and submit it to HBR. And yes, the title yes. is Anything That Is Of Interest To Hackers. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes, yes. I'm desperately trying to break my uh, failure to produce many shows um, that COVID has, has done to me. So, uh, but yeah, two two shows just been added to the queue. One by my good friend um, McNallu and one by yeah. myself. So, uh, so saw that with interest. <laughs> Actually, we will attempt to, uh, to to get back into doing regular shows again tonight. I don't good, know if good. it's, it's uh, the the, uh, the lockdowns and all that stuff mess people up in different ways, you know. But there you go. Yeah, anyway. hopefully we're coming out of it. I've got my um, got my vaccination this month, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got a single vaccination, unlike us. I did, yeah. So and so's who have to go back for a second one. But yeah, had, and then two mine. days later they cancelled it here. They're no longer giving that vaccination out right. to people. Yeah, wow, that's all very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They run out or something. No, they um, the risk of blood clots is fine. So you know they they can afford to lose people of my age in the population. <laughs> <laughs> Can't afford to lose the other people because they have to pay the pensions of the politicians, you know. Well, right, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I got AstraZeneca, my son got his first uh, shot this this week, and he got the Pfizer. The AstraZeneca has got um, association with blood clots, but not if you're as old as I am. And uh, the Pfizer doesn't have such an association, so the youngsters uh, get that get that one. So yeah, it's all there's all sorts of weird things going on. Yeah, but then again, you look at it, and the the risk of getting a blood clot uh, in itself is equal to that of getting struck by lightning. So, okay, I yeah, can. Yeah, uh, I uh, and even then, it's treatable. And then you're into again getting struck by lightning if you uh, if it gets complicated. So, and on the other hand, you know, we all everybody's got to die sometime. Indeed, yeah. indeed. On that happy note. <laughs> <laughs> Submit your shows now before it's too late, folks. <laughs> and live for immortality on archive.org. Absolutely. Yeah. Don't die yet, says my, my wife. And don't <laughs> die all at the same time. That's, that's, that's the plan. <laughs> so spread it out a bit, that's it, yeah. Yeah, spread it out. <laughs> what did you say? I can't deal with the kids on my own after that. Well, we'll see then. I'm recording this, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Say hello to the HBR audience because I'm not editing this out. Oh, hi. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye.
Tune in tomorrow for another exciting episode of A Hacker Public Radio. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.